Is Skype still a thing? Ever since it was acquired by Microsoft, the app has been struggling and there's been a pretty widespread amount of complaints. So we'll dive into that today. Plus, what about taking digital notes? There's so many tools and technologies at our fingertips today that enable us to take notes digitally. So I'm gonna give you some tips on how to do that effectively. All this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So when it first came out, Skype was pretty revolutionary. Skype, I don't know if you've ever had the chance to use Skype, if you use it now or if you used it when it first came out, but it was revolutionary because it made it, it changed the way that we could interact with one another. We could do video calls, we could chat. I know I used to Skype chat with a lot of different people back when it first came out. We'd do, as I said, video calls and you could also do phone calls and it enabled you to do phone calls either for free or relatively cheaply. And when Skype first came out and when it was enabling people to do all of these, you know, internet communication means, it really was transforming the industry. It really was, you know, disrupting the old fashioned use of just a phone in order to interact or even texting. Uh, but over the last few years, we've kind of seen Skype slide a little bit. So Skype has changed hands a number of times and is currently with Microsoft. And a lot of people are saying that during the time in which it was it was acquired by Microsoft, we've seen it slide even more. So I thought this would be a good thing to explore a little bit if whether or not you use Skype. It's more of a lesson that we can take away uh, as on a smaller scale for our own products and services that we offer and is specifically from a brand perspective as well. So there's an article in Bloomberg that actually highlights this uh, to a degree. And so uh, the Bloomberg article says it's relatively easy these days to find critics of Skype, the popular online calling service that Microsoft acquired in 2011 for $8.5 billion. Former devotees routinely gripe on social media that the software has become too difficult to use. On the Apple App Store and Google Play Store, negative reviews of the smartphone app are piling up, citing everything from poor call quality to gluttonous battery demand. Microsoft Corp says the criticism is overblown and reflects in part people's grumpiness with software updates. There are also other factors undermining users' affection for an internet tool that 15 years ago introduced the idea of making calls online, radically resetting the telecommunications landscape in the process. So there's a lot of different pieces that this article goes through, but it's just highlighting. It goes through and it highlights a lot of the different uh, hands that the the app has has changed, you know the you know the different people it's gone through that sort of thing. But the bottom line point that they're making here in this article, and I won't read through the whole thing. I'll just kind of recap it for you here. Is that Skype has changed its direction? A lot of the features that have been built in the Skype has been more tailored to larger corporations. And again, if you're familiar with when Skype first came out, it was for everyone. The whole purpose of Skype was to make it easier for people to connect with one another. It was a technology that made that extremely simple. And so what you've seen as it's begun to change hands and specifically in the hands of Microsoft, that goal has shifted. It's been leveraged now for a different subset of people. 
as opposed to the general population, it's now meant and directed more towards, or at least a lot of the features being built, lead us to believe that it is more for the corporations, for the technology companies that they are wanting to market and, and shift Skype for. So a pretty good takeaway for this. Number one, if you're a Skype user, obviously it means that uh, it's not necessarily going to be the most wonderful platform for you to continue to use. That is, if Microsoft is not going to continue to develop for it. One of the one of the things that I found particularly interesting about this and what highlights and underscores why it's becoming less a consumer-based product is Microsoft's reaction to it, right? So in this article, they don't say, yes, we are taking all of your complaints and your criticisms of the app seriously, and we are working to mitigate and to resolve and to improve the product. Instead, the response was people tend to gripe about software updates, right? So there was no even addressing of the concerns. It was pretty much just putting the blame, the blame back on users, saying that people just need to get used to software updates when obviously a software update is, to, is meant to make something better not to just be there for the sake of being there. So I found that really interesting from a number of different perspectives, but some of the things that we can take away from this as a little bit of a lesson or an example is first of all, being extremely clear who you're trying to serve. Whatever it is you make, obviously most of us don't have a multi-million or multi-billion dollar app that gets tossed around from giant corporation to giant corporation. But what we do is we we do create things. We do offer products and services of a wide variety. And it's really important to understand before we begin to create those things, who it is that we're wanting to serve. Are we wanting to serve a larger audience um, in a specific niche or a smaller audience in a specific niche? What is it that what is the problem that we're helping them solve? Skype was created to help just about any anyone uh, make it easier to connect with other people, with their friends and their family and coworkers and that sort of thing. Now, this far down the road, Microsoft is changing that. So that group, that base of users whom they've collected are upset. And I would say rightfully so, because they've been led to believe one thing and now things are changing on them. So when we're creating our own products and services, it's really important from the very beginning the very onset to be super clear, crystal clear who we're trying to serve and to know that if we ever deviate or shift away from that, how important it is that we do not alienate those initial people who helped us grow that product or that service or that platform to begin with. And I think that's the big problem here is that I think this is a big net negative, not so much because the app isn't going, you know, isn't working as, as great as it should be because it should be. But I think it's more the, the underlying attitude that is kind of tossing the Skype user base to the wayside in an effect, uh, in an effort rather to gain a quick win or pure dollars that you can get from help by tailing your product more for corporations than for those original people. So in essence, just be true and faithful to the people who got you where you are to begin with. And if you're just starting out, the idea is that we want to build an audience and, and build an influence with the people we want to serve and to maintain that over time. Uh, so again, interesting uh, article as well. I'm going to leave a link to this in today's show notes, which you can find today at rightly.show slash 59 if you'd like to check that out. And if you are a Skype user, 
I do know there's there's a ton of other apps out there as well. I think that's part of why there's so much stress being placed on Skype is because there's so many other technologies. If you want to do a video call or something like that, you can use uh, FaceTime is great if you're an Apple user. If you're Android, there's a ton of other things. Slack has actually become, for, for the small business side of things, Slack has actually become huge as well because you can get in there, you can do all the same messaging, and some may argue it's act, the messaging's better in Slack than it is in something like Skype. The video calls, they've got video calls built into Slack as well. Uh, I personally use Basecamp. I really like Basecamp. That's, again, for more of a business side of things. I think if you're looking for more of a personal side of things, um, there's a ton of other apps out there as well. But uh, yeah, check out that article. Look over it. Again, really interesting to see how different corporations and companies respond to their users and to the people who have got them to where they are today. So again, check that out today uh, in today's show notes at rightly.show slash 59. Become a Rightly subscriber and never miss a thing. Go to rightly.show slash subscribe to get the latest tools, resources, videos, and more. Best of all, it's free rightly.show slash subscribe. Okay, so I wanted to take a little bit of time today to talk about digital note-taking. This is a really interesting topic and something that wouldn't have even really been possible except for a lot of the technology that's come out over the last few years. So I've wanted to have a digital note-taking tablet for a long time. So I think it was like... mm, maybe like seven or eight years ago, I can't remember quite how long ago it was, when somebody invented a tablet with a stylus that they created from an an Apple laptop. It was so interesting. So what they did is they took the screen off of an Apple tablet and they completely reconfigured uh, or I should say an Apple laptop. So they, you know, bent the screen backwards and completely reconfigured it and recased it in this special glass and they made this special pen. And it was just this brick, but it was like a MacBook Pro that they made into a tablet, which eventually they invented the iPad. Uh, but I remember at the time thinking, how neat would it be if I could take notes digitally? And so if you flash fast forward to today, that is now actually a possibility and it's a fairly affordable one. So I've gone through, uh, probably about two or three years ago, I had one of the, I think it was an iPad Air, and that worked pretty well. Uh, I bought a stylus for it, um, but but one of the, the problems I always had is that they just always failed to replicate handwriting well enough. There was always too much of a delay, it always felt awkward, and you're just, you had to change the way that you wrote just to make it work. And one of the other big problems that I encountered as well was that when you're writing, your hand would press up against, you know, your palm would, would press up against the screen and it would leave marks and lines and things that you didn't want to be there. So things have, have changed pretty dramatically in the landscape of being able to note take digitally. Now, before I go into sharing some of the tools that I use, first want to mention that I do both analog and digital. So uh, if you've listened to this show pretty consistently uh, over the last however long I've been doing episodes, 
you'll know that I'm a pretty regular user of a tool called the Full Focus Planner. I'll leave a link in today's show notes, or I may just embed the video directly in today's show notes, where I actually put together a video tutorial that shows you exactly how I use the Full Focus Planner. So if you're not familiar with it, it's a tool that's put out by the Michael Hyatt team. Really useful framework for taking notes, but not just taking notes, also planning out your day. So it's a great tool. Again, today's show notes are rightly.show slash 59. But I do both. So I use, uh, you know, the Full Focus Planner and just regular old notebooks. And then I also use a digital system as well. So what I currently use is I use a 12.9 inch uh, iPad Pro. So I use the iPad Pro and then I use the Apple Pencil. So I don't know if you own this or if you've had a chance to use it, but for me, again, I had been searching for this type of solution for a while. I've never found one up to this level yet. It's extremely intuitive. It's pressure sensitive. It can tell when you tilt your your writing, you know, the, the actual angle of the pencil left or right or up or down. You know, even in some of the drawing apps, you can actually turn it sideways as though you're doing different, you know, sketching techniques. So they finally got it down. It works extremely well. Uh, it's very intuitive. It's very natural. And they have the extra touch canceling built into it as well so that when you're writing uh, or when you're sketching or whatever you're doing on the, the surface, it doesn't pick that up. It knows just to pick up the actual pen strokes or pencil strokes rather than your hand touching the the actual device itself. So it's worked really, really well. I've enjoyed using it. And so, you know, it's it's become a daily invaluable tool that I've used. One of the other issues, however, with trying to do note taking and sketches digitally is organizing them. So I finally found, it was probably about a year ago, I found an app that actually solves all the problems for me. So organization, when you're digital note taking, is really the key. Because the whole idea and why I found the idea of digital note taking so useful is that you don't have to scan anything, right? So that's why if you can find a way that you can take your notes really quickly, you know, some of us don't type as quickly or you're not in a position where you can type, writing something out or being able to sketch something makes digital note taking the most efficient method of note taking. But again, having to go through and scan pages and pages of notes takes forever. So that's the whole idea behind digital note taking. You can write it down, you can organize it, and you can save it. So I found an app, and this was actually recommended to me. I was chatting with someone by the name of Cliff Ravenscraft, who uh, has his own podcast, very, very influential podcaster, uh, vodcaster. He does all sorts of different uh, work. And I'll I'll link his, his website below as well. But we were chatting at a conference about a year ago, and he showed me this tool called GoodNotes. So this is for iOS only. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about today is iOS only, but they do have a lot of tools out there I know for Android tablets as well. So if you happen to have uh, an iPad, especially an iPad Pro, you'll you'll be in luck with this. So uh, GoodNotes is an extremely robust note-taking app. It allows you to do a lot with it. But one of the most useful features that I found with being able to use this app is that it connects to Dropbox. So here's how I use it. Um, What you're able to do is you can go in there and you can create specific notebooks. And then a notebook can have as many pages of notes or sketches as you want. 
So what I've done is I've actually gone in and I've designed my own rightly designed letterhead. So it's got my whole brand identity built into it. So it's not just a blank white sheet, quote unquote, of paper. It's my own letterhead. So I'm going to create a video for this as well so you can see this. I know this is a little bit difficult to describe over audio. So if you're not already, subscribe over at rightly.tv where uh, I'm going to eventually be putting out a video there where you can see this in action. So I've, but what I've done is I've created this template, this background paper, this, this stationary, if you will, for all of my notes. And it's got like a grid layout or a lined layout. And it's got a place at the top where I can write in the topic, the date, and that sort of thing. So what I do is I create a new notebook for any new specific collection of notes. So if I've got a meeting or if I've got a specific project I'm working on, I need to do sketches and notes and a phone meeting and everything that's per, uh, that pertains to that particular topic, I'll create a new notebook and I'll start, you know, doing my crazy notes uh, in this particular notebook. So I use the Apple Pencil. And the nice thing is, you know, you write in quote unquote digital ink. And so, but it's very natural. It's very much, it's about as close to writing with an actual pen as you can actually get. You can do the pencil as well. You can also highlight. So I always, I highlight things. You can sketch things in there. You can paste in images if you need to. So you can take a quick picture with your iPad, paste it in there. Uh, you can move things around. Uh, you can obviously change all the colors. So it's like a dream for taking notes. It would be the, to accomplish something like this, you'd need a notebook sitting there and like five different highlighters and four different pens. And it, just being able to do this digitally is so helpful and so useful. Uh, so I, so that's kind of the, the basics of the setup in, in the app itself. But what makes it amazing in terms of the organization? Because again, the key is that you don't want to have to go in here and you don't have to scan all of your notes. That's just obnoxious and it takes forever. But what's great about it is that it syncs with Dropbox. So I've got a Dropbox account. If you don't already have a Dropbox account, I'm pretty sure you can still get one for free. Um, but it syncs with your Dropbox account. So what you can do is you can configure it to save each notebook. Remember a notebook you can create which contains a collection of notes. You can sync all of those to Dropbox. So what it does is as you're writing or as you finish writing a note or working in a notebook, it automatically exports that note, that, that whole notebook as a collection in a single PDF in Dropbox. So what that means is that you can jump on over to your phone and you can open up Dropbox and you can look in the folder it's syncing to. And there'll be a nice, neat collection of PDFs and you can just grab that PDF and you can view it instantly. Uh, you can do anything you want with it. You can even then toss all of those notes over to something like Evernote or something that has handwriting recognition built into it. And I do this as well. So that if you ever need to go back and find something or you're doing research or you need to go through and you know just find something specific in a note that you took you can use something like Evernote which has handwriting tech uh, handwriting recognition built in and you can really quickly and easily find something that you were looking for a lot of times I don't have to use any type of handwriting recognition because I just generally know I look for that specific notebook and I know where to look in that notebook for what I'm looking for but if you take a ton of notes and you're writing a lot of things out, it's really useful. So to kind of recap a little bit, um, in terms of my productivity workflow, I kind of segment out different tools for different things. 
So again, like I said, I use the full focus planner and I write that's totally analog. And I use that in order to kind of plan out my day. I do take some notes in there, but the notes that I take in the full focus planner are more specific to that day in general, as opposed to sketches or a heavy amount of handwriting that needs to take place on a specific topic. So again, I do the full focus planner for my general planning and that sort of thing. Then what I do is I use a calendar and I do calendar blocking wherein I block out specific sections or segments or chunks of time for each day to do those things. So that's kind of where my calendar comes in. And again, I mentioned that in the in the video that I uh, on the full focus planner that I mentioned previously. And then when I need to take notes, again, if I'm at a conference or if I'm in the midst of a phone meeting or, you know, an in-person meeting, or there's an or if I'm doing sketches for a logo, or if there if there's some a lot of handwriting type things that need to be done in the context of a specific topic, that's when I start taking in my digital note taking. It's pretty rare from my perspective when I'll actually type out notes. I don't really do that a lot. One of the one of the tips I will give you if you don't necessarily have the budget for buying an iPad Pro or comparable tablet on the Android side of things. One of the things that you can do is just use your phone. And I have done this in the past. I don't do it as much anymore just because I really like the digital note taking. I like the writing things out. But just grab your phone and grab, you know, you can use Evernote, which is actually a really good tool for storing these and just take audio notes. Um, Even better yet, like if you have an, even just an iPhone does this really well. Um, this is just really basic. If you just have an iPad and the or the, an iPhone and the built-in Notes app, you can actually just dictate notes right there with your voice. And I've actually, like I said, I've done this in the past, and the voice dictation, at least on the iPhone, has gotten pretty amazing. Like it very rarely makes mistakes. The only time it makes it made mistakes for me was when I was trying to pronounce a brand or something that may not appear in the dictionary. But what you can do is you can just dictate notes really quickly and then organize them pretty pretty robustly. Actually, the notes app right there within iOS has gotten pretty robust. So you can do quite a bit of organization. And the the benefit you have to that even over something like writing things down is that you have it in a text format. So you can copy and paste that into a blog post. You can copy and paste that into an email. So that is a kind of a little hack for you in terms of note taking. So hopefully you found this useful. I'm going to leave links to uh, this app and all the different things that we've talked about today in today's show notes, which again, you can find at rightly.show slash 59. So I just wanted to take a little bit of time and talk to you, just kind of get you thinking about what you can do with digital note taking. I know that note taking is is really important part of pretty much every aspect of what we do. Again, if you work for a company and you're always in meetings or if you run your own business or you're always on the phone, note taking is just a part of what we do. And I've just always found it cumbersome to work with paper for everything. Again, mainly because of the scanning that's involved and and keeping everything organized. It's always been easier for me digitally. So again, hope you found this useful. As always, uh, if you're finding the Rightly Show useful, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a a review. We always do appreciate it. Also, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe over at rightly.show slash subscribe. We're always sending out useful tools, tips, and resources of a wide variety. Like I mentioned, we also do have a YouTube channel, so you're welcome to check out some of the free videos that we're creating over there as well. And until next week, 
Go out there and create a brand that is truly rightly designed. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.